Part One, Chapter Ten of the Idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. Part One, Chapter Ten. The entrance hall suddenly became full of noise and people. To judge from the sounds which penetrated to the drawing-room, a number of people had already come in, and the stampede continued. Several voices were talking and shouting at once, others were talking and shouting on the stairs outside. It was evidently a most extraordinary visit that was about to take place. Everyone exchanged startled glances. Gania rushed out towards the dining-room. But a number of men had already made their way in, and met him. "'Ah, here he is, the Judas!' cried a voice which the prince recognised at once. "'How do you do, Gania, you old blackguard?' "'Yes, that's the man,' said another voice. There was no room for doubt in the prince's mind. One of the voices was Rogozhin's, and the other Lebedev's. Gania stood at the door like a block and looked on in silence, putting no obstacle in the way of their entrance, and ten or a dozen men marched in behind Parfion Rogozhin. They were a decidedly mixed-looking collection, and some of them came in in their furs and caps. None of them were quite drunk, but all appeared to be considerably excited. They seemed to need each other's support, morally, before they dared come in. Not one of them would have entered alone, but with the rest each one was brave enough. Even Rogozhin entered rather cautiously at the head of his troop, but he was evidently preoccupied. He appeared to be gloomy and morose, and had clearly come with some end in view. All the rest were merely chorus, brought in to support the chief character. Besides Lebedev, there was the dandy Zalezhev, who came in with his coat and hat. Two or three others followed his example. The rest were more uncouth. They included a couple of young merchants, a man in a greatcoat, a medical student, a little Pole, a small fat man who laughed continuously and an enormously tall, stout one who apparently put great faith in the strength of his fists. A couple of ladies of some sort put their heads in at the front door, but did not dare come any farther. Collier promptly banged the door in their faces and locked it. "'Hallo, Gania, you blackguard! You didn't expect Rogozhin, hey? said the latter, entering the drawing-room and stopping before Gania. But at this moment he saw seated before him Nastasia Filipovna. He had not dreamed of meeting her here, evidently, for her appearance produced a marvellous effect upon him. He grew pale, and his lips became actually blue. I suppose it is true, then he muttered to himself, and his face took on an expression of despair. "'So that's the end of it. Now you, sir, will you answer me or not?' he went on suddenly, gazing at Garnier with ineffable malice. "'Now then, you!' 
he panted and could hardly speak for agitation he advanced into the room mechanically but perceiving nina alexandrovna and varia he became more or less embarrassed in spite of his excitement his followers entered after him and all paused a moment at sight of the ladies of course their modesty was not fated to be long-lived but for a moment they were abashed once let them begin to shout however and nothing on earth should disconcert them what you here too prince said rogozhin absently but a little surprised all the same still in your gaiters eh he sighed and forgot the prince the next moment and his wild eyes wandered over to nastasia again as though attracted in that direction by some magnetic force nastasia looked at the new arrivals with great curiosity gania recollected himself at last excuse me sirs he said loudly but what does all this mean he glared at the advancing crowd generally but addressed his remarks especially to their captain rogozhin you are not in a stable gentlemen though you may think it my mother and sister are present yes i see your mother and sister muttered rogozhin through his teeth and lebedeff seemed to feel himself called upon to second the statement at all events i must request you to step into the salon said gania his rage rising quite out of proportion to his words and then i shall inquire what he doesn't know me said rogozhin showing his teeth disagreeably he doesn't recognize rogozhin he did not move an inch however i have met you somewhere i believe but met me somewhere Pooh. why it's only three months since i lost two hundred roubles of my father's money to you at cards the old fellow died before he found out ptitsin knows all about it why i've only to pull out a three-rouble note and show it to you and you'd crawl on your hands and knees to the other end of the town for it that's the sort of man you are why i've come now at this moment to buy you up oh you needn't think that because i wear these boots i have no money i have lots of money my beauty enough to buy up you and all yours together so i shall if i like to i'll buy you up i will he yelled apparently growing more and more intoxicated and excited oh nastasia philipovna don't turn me out say one word do are you going to marry this man or not rogozhin asked his question like a lost soul appealing to some divinity with the reckless daring of one appointed to die who has nothing to lose he awaited the reply in deadly anxiety nastasia philipovna gazed at him with a haughty ironical expression of face but when she glanced at nina alexandrovna and varia and from them to gania she changed her tone all of a sudden certainly not what are you thinking of what could have induced you to ask such a question she replied quietly and seriously and even apparently with some astonishment no no 
shouted rogozhin almost out of his mind with joy you are not going to after all and they told me oh nastasia filipovna they said you had promised to marry him him as if you could do it him poh i don't mind saying it to everyone i'd buy him off for a hundred roubles any day Pfft. give him a thousand or three if he likes poor devil and he'd cut and run the day before his wedding and leave his bride to me wouldn't you gania you blackguard you'd take three thousand wouldn't you here's the money look i've come on purpose to pay you off and get your receipt formally i said i'd buy you up and so i will get out of this you drunken beast cried gania who was red and white by turns rogozhin's troop who were only waiting for an excuse set up a howl at this lebedeff stepped forward and whispered something in parfion's ear you're right clerk said the latter you're right tipsy spirit you're right nastasia filipovna he added looking at her like some lunatic harmless generally but suddenly wound up to a pitch of audacity here are eighteen thousand roubles and you shall have more here he threw a packet of banknotes tied up in white paper on the table before her not daring to say all he wished to say no 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 muttered lebedeff clutching at his arm he was clearly aghast at the largeness of the sum and thought a far smaller amount should have been tried first no you fool you don't know whom you are dealing with and it appears i am a fool too said parfion trembling beneath the flashing glance of nastasia oh curse it all what a fool i was to listen to you he added with profound melancholy nastasia filipovna observing his woe-begone expression suddenly burst out laughing <laughs> eighteen thousand roubles for me why you declare yourself a fool at once she said with impudent familiarity as she rose from the sofa and prepared to go gania watched the whole scene with a sinking of the heart forty thousand then forty thousand roubles instead of eighteen ptitsin and another have promised to find me forty thousand roubles by seven o'clock to-night forty thousand roubles paid down on the nail the scene was growing more and more disgraceful but nastasia filipovna continued to laugh and did not go away nina alexandrovna and varia had both risen from their places and were waiting in silent horror to see what would happen varia's eyes were all ablaze with anger but the scene had a different effect on nina alexandrovna she paled and trembled and looked more and more like fainting every moment very well then a hundred thousand a hundred thousand paid this very day ptitsin find it for me a good share shall stick to your fingers come you are mad said ptitsin coming up quickly and seizing him by the hand you're drunk the police will be sent for if you don't look out think where you are yes he's boasting like a drunkard 
added Nastasia, as though with the sole intention of goading him. "'I do not boast. You shall have a hundred thousand this very day. Ptitsin, get the money, you gay usurer. Take what you like for it, but get it by the evening. I'll show that I'm in earnest,' cried Rogozhin, working himself up into a frenzy of excitement. "'Come, come, what's all this?' cried General Ivolgin, suddenly and angrily coming close up to Rogozhin. The unexpectedness of this sally on the part of the hitherto silent old man caused some laughter among the intruders. "'Hullo! What's this now?' laughed Rogozhin. "'You come along with me, old fellow. You shall have as much to drink as you like.' "'Oh, it's too horrible!' cried poor Kolya, sobbing with shame and annoyance. "'Surely there must be someone among all of you here who will turn this shameless creature out of the room!' cried Varya suddenly. She was shaking and trembling with rage. "'That's me, I suppose. I'm the shameless creature!' cried Nastasia Filipovna with amused indifference. Dear me, and I came, like a fool as I am, to invite them over to my house for the evening. Look how your sister treats me, Gavrila Ardalionovitch. For some moments Gania stood as if stunned or struck by lightning after his sister's speech. But seeing that Nastasia Filipovna was really about to leave the room this time, he sprang at Varya and seized her by the arm like a madman. "'What have you done?' he hissed, glaring at her, as though he would like to annihilate her on the spot. He was quite beside himself, and could hardly articulate his words for rage. "'What have I done? Where are you dragging me to? Do you wish me to beg pardon of this creature, because she has come here to insult our mother, and disgrace the whole household, you low, base wretch?" cried Varya, looking back at her brother with proud defiance. A few moments passed as they stood there face to face, Gania still holding her wrist tightly. Varya struggled once, twice, to get free then could restrain herself no longer, and spat in his face. "'There's a girl for you!' cried Nastasia Filipovna. "'Mr. Ptitsin, I congratulate you on your choice!' Gania lost his head. Forgetful of everything, he aimed a blow at Varya, which would inevitably have laid her low, but suddenly another hand caught his. Between him and Varya stood the prince. "'Enough! Enough!' said the latter with insistence, but all of a tremble with excitement. "'Are you going to cross my path for ever, damn you?' cried Gania, and loosening his hold on Varya, he slapped the prince's face with all his force. Exclamations of horror arose on all sides. The prince grew pale as death. He gazed into Gania's eyes with a strange, wild, reproachful look. His lips trembled and vainly endeavoured to form some words. Then his mouth twisted into an incongruous smile. "'Very well, never mind about me, but I shall not allow you to strike her,' he said at last, quietly. 
then suddenly he could bear it no longer and covering his face with his hands turned to the wall and murmured in broken accents oh how ashamed you will be of this afterwards gania certainly did look dreadfully abashed kolya rushed up to comfort the prince and after him crowded varia rogozhin and all even the general it's nothing it's nothing said the prince and again he wore the smile which was so inconsistent with the circumstances yes he will be ashamed cried rogozhin you will be properly ashamed of yourself for having injured such a such a sheep he could not find a better word prince my dear fellow leave this and come away with me i'll show you how rogozhin shows his affection for his friends nastasia philipovna was also much impressed both with gania's action and with the prince's reply her usually thoughtful pale face which all this while had been so little in harmony with the jests and laughter which she had seemed to put on for the occasion was now evidently agitated by new feelings though she tried to conceal the fact and to look as though she were as ready as ever for jesting and irony i really think i must have seen him somewhere she murmured seriously enough oh aren't you ashamed of yourself aren't you ashamed are you really the sort of woman you are trying to represent yourself to be is it possible the prince was now addressing nastasia in a tone of reproach which evidently came from his very heart nastasia philipovna looked surprised and smiled but evidently concealed something beneath her smile and with some confusion and a glance at gania she left the room however she had not reached the outer hall when she turned round walked quickly up to nina alexandrovna seized her hand and lifted it to her lips he guessed quite right i am not that sort of woman she whispered hurriedly flushing red all over then she turned again and left the room so quickly that no one could imagine what she had come back for all they saw was that she said something to nina alexandrovna in a hurried whisper and seemed to kiss her hand varia however both saw and heard all and watched nastasia out of the room with an expression of wonder gania recollected himself in time to rush after her in order to show her out but she had gone he followed her to the stairs don't come with me she cried au revoir till the evening do you hear au revoir he returned thoughtful and confused the riddle lay heavier than ever on his soul he was troubled about the prince too and so bewildered that he did not even observe rogozhin's rowdy band crowd past him and step on his toes at the door as they went out they were all talking at once rogozhin went ahead of the others talking to ptitsin and apparently insisting vehemently upon something very important 
"'You've lost the game, Gania,' he cried as he passed the latter. Gania gazed after him uneasily, but said nothing. End of Part 1 Chapter 10 Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey